Hi, welcome to Help Me Understand. We're a podcast to help close the gap of injustices and inequities by talking about current events with members of our local community. Welcome to Help Me Understand, Season 1, Episode 8. Today we'll be speaking with a group of individuals from the Minnesota community regarding Indian Health Services. We thank you for being here today and we are excited to tell our community more about your experiences. Before we started recording, we discussed taking the opportunity to uh, start our recording today with a disclaimer about your experiences and your thoughts before we move on to the questions. So let's do that first. We do not speak for everybody. We, there you go, care. Okay, yes. And I do not speak as uh, some an authority of any kind or someone who claims to know more than I know. I don't want to make any presumptions about my level of expertise, my experience as a woman, person who has Indian blood. I don't want to step on anybody's toes who has more experience than I have, who has grown up in a community of Native people as a Native person. I don't want to colonize basically is yeah. what I fear uh, doing so I represent myself yes for and, all and my, individuals my experience and what I know that's and I, and I agree it is our own personal experience it we do not speak for the tribe we do not speak for every person that goes to Indian Health Services we do not speak for every descendant I speak for myself yeah and clearly the three of us here at the table have very different experiences. Yes. Yes. Well. yes. So that, yeah, that's a good point. Well, tell us a little bit about yourselves and your family. So, her mom is a member of Paternal Mountain um, in North Dakota. Um, her mother was an enrolled member. Our mother is an enrolled member. We are descendants. We have, I don't even know what the blood quantum is we have right now, um, but we found out somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago that we qualified for um, Indian Health Services, which is a service provided through treaties. Um, and so we have used it. I use it frequently. Um, some family members don't. And as far as qualifications, it is down through my mother's great-grandchildren. And then um, it will be done okay. for us. Yeah, yeah. eligibility ends at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what is it like getting services with your tribal insurance? Yes, okay. it's not tribal insurance. Okay, it's not considered insurance. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when Kenzie went to college, you couldn't use the fact that she qualified for Indian Health Services as insurance. You couldn't use it as insurance, but it did temporarily allow her to stay in the dorms. It was a yeah a temporary thing because of the proximity to her, from her college to where we could get services. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also think too, um, with the mandate that all citizens have to have insurance coverage, so when mm-hmm. you file out your ta- your, fill out your tax forms, mm-hmm. you, you can check that and you qualify then yes. that you pass as having insurance. Then. Yeah, as medical support. As medical yeah. support, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, we, so there's a process that you have to go to go through and we have to get our grandmother's um, enrollment records and our mother's enrollment records and then we have to show our birth certificates so there's a connection to up uh, to her mm-hmm. and you get a chart number and for my grandchildren I had to show that I qualified for Indian Health Services and then I had to show their birth certificates mm-hmm. both my my children and my grandchildren are eligible and yeah. have chart numbers we basically um, Prove lineage. Yes. Yes. Prove lineage. Did you find that those records were difficult to find? They were not difficult in my experience. Our mother would have had to have those records previous to that Mm -hmm. and pass it on to us, so I didn't find it difficult at all. It wasn't difficult for us because they had them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And our mother received Indian Health Services before before anybody realized we could, Mm -hmm. and she just came upon it. I don't even know how, I think through her sister, but not knowing that we could as well. But we never, growing up, we never received it. 
we could have had dental care, we could have had classes, we could have had all that care, and we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Looking back to those moments when you didn't know, or your family didn't know, what could our government or our healthcare in general done to help you find that? I don't know what they could have done. No. I think it was our own disconnection. Yeah, yeah. it's a disconnection it our, from. Yeah, that's a good word to use. Uh, it's a disconnection mm -hmm. from a culture that we talked about yeah. earlier. A disconnection from culture, what would have been available to us, what we were eligible for, and not entirely feeling like a part of. Yeah, of that because we always never have no country Indian, right? But it was never. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, we didn't grow up on a reservation. We didn't grow up going to powwows. We didn't grow up. We just grew up knowing we were Indian. Yeah, mm -hmm. we weren't part of any community. No, right? No culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was something that we were proud of, mm -hmm. but not something that we really celebrated or felt like included another group of people right. that we were part of some larger group of people. That was not. And, the, and the I think part of that comes from Grammish shame or grandma's mm -hmm. disclaimer about being French Canadian instead of being Indian. Mm -hmm. Because she was of the generation that her siblings were taken from the home and put in the Indian yeah. schools. Yeah, mm -hmm. they went to boarding or, schools. Yeah, boarding schools. Just that mm -hmm. few generations beyond us. Mm -hmm. So that's part of why your family didn't want to talk about being Indian. It's not that they didn't want to talk about being Indian, it's just that it didn't come up. It didn't like I said, we knew we were Indian. I would say too, it, it, it's not our family, it, this generation of people, it's probably two generations removed, our grandmother, that they didn't, Right. they were shamed and, you know, had all of those feelings that go along with that, so it wasn't something that... We weren't raised to be ashamed of it. No, no we were no. not. We were no. not. Uh -uh. We, and also geographically, our grandmother's family, they lived in North Dakota. And we, we didn't even know them growing up. We didn't know our mother's aunts or uncles or grandparents or anything. So, And I don't know if you want to include this or not, but I remember going to our family reunion in Mandan, North Dakota, and walking in and going, oh my god, we are Indians, mm -hmm. because they were Indians <laughs> that were related to us, and it was like, holy man, people looked Indian, yeah, yeah. our so, little Indian grandma, yes, uh -huh. but I don't know that they could have done yeah. more somehow, and I don't think it, if it hadn't been for my aunt getting sick and needing services, we would have found out about it. So you have utilized these services a little bit, um, your family has utilized them, and you've also used other forms of healthcare because you didn't always know about this. Mm -hmm. Comparing the two, um, tell me a little bit about that. My personal experience is that Indian Health Services is excellent. Mm -hmm. That's yes, very um, person, people-oriented uh, kind of service from the minute you call on the phone to make your appointment. There's a, a level of care and consideration and compassion. These are people that, in my experience, clearly want to help you and open you up to all of the possible services that you can get. It does very much feel like community-minded. Mm -hmm. community yes, when you go there. Mm -hmm. And you don't feel rushed. You don't feel like you have 20 minutes in your appointment. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like it is the best dental care I've ever received. Yes, me Ever too. received. And when we say that, so the actual care is the dental. It's a, it's it's difficult to access yes. to get in uh -huh. to get appointments. It's mm -hmm. very limited. That's a good point. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And the same thing with um, eyeglasses. They may or may not have have an eye doctor there in in Cass Lake. In Cass Lake, yeah. yeah. It is kind of hit or miss. But we are fortunate where we live. We we have three. We have Red Lake, White Earth, and Cass Lake, where we can access access services from any one of those places and then Bemidji has a small office as well that you can go in and pick up your meds my daughter's gotten her shots there you've had the chiropractor is there the OT is there um, you can get the a, it's a, just a really small clinic but you can get services there as well and they deliver meds from Cass Lake there twice a day so people have more ability to get their medication. Do you find that individuals on the reservation that, that need these services as well can get there? I do. I think so. But individuals on the reservation also can get insurance to go, and maybe this is a later question, but if you need to go to the doctor, you call and they will bring you. 
if you live on the reservation, or even if you live in Bemidji compared to the Cassock Reservation, there are always buses that, that can come get you. And how about the two of you? Have you had similar experiences as your sister has? I haven't lived up in the area, so of close proximity to any, any of the Indian Health Services, so I go very, very occasionally. Mm-hmm. I live in Minneapolis, and um, I maybe go once or twice a year, if that take my kids and go to the dentist but any prescriptions that I need there's a phone number that you call leave a voicemail and they just send them to you yeah yeah. you can set yourself up for mail out prescription Mm -hmm. services great I live usually in two places I live in northern Minnesota and then I also live in St. Louis Missouri part of the year when I'm in northern Minnesota then I access services and use that as my regular clinic and regular doctor and then when I'm somewhere else I utilize those kinds of services, but I try to be really careful about making sure my primary doctor, who I do consider to be someone who is at Indian Health Services in Cass Lake, has information from all the other doctors and providers so that all of my medical history to the degree that is possible is in one place. And they seem to do a pretty good job of, of handling that in my experience. When you're in Missouri, there's nothing in that state that you can use Indian Health Services? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. No, there are no reservations in Missouri. Okay. I've lived in other states. Um, when I lived in uh, New Mexico, if, if I was going to live there permanently, mm-hmm. I would have been able to access services there, which I didn't actually realize. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to understand that we can access services throughout the country. It's not just... I mean, we just actually realized that we can access services at Red Lake mm-hmm. uh, since we had only gone to Castle Lake or Whiter previous yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. But for, for me personally, the um, prescription that can be mailed out to you is wonderful. I mean, otherwise, your family member might have to go pick it up and email it to you, but it's just direct. I think they do it through Veterans Services or something, actually. Yeah, and, our, and not every medication can be sent, though. We have certain controlled substances also that can that you have to somebody or over the age of eighteen that has to show an ID or you have to pick up. They don't send those. I mean, I always have to go to Cass Lake to pick those up. I don't know about those substances. Yeah, it's always. Just for example, the other day I went in to pick some pick up some medication, and I had my granddaughter, and at the pharmacy, and I said, "Can she get a flu shot?" Because Sephora mine I didn't have to make an, an appointment and they said yes but because of her age she needs to have a nurse do it so we were sitting out waiting and it's been really quiet and past late because of COVID and the nurse walked up and was like you've been here a while what are you what are you waiting for and we hadn't been there a while we had been there 10 minutes maybe <laughs> and I said we're waiting for a flu shot for my granddaughter and took her name and came back out and says oh pharmacy is busy we'll just take you in the back room got her flu shot it wasn't a big deal kind nice gave her two books and a bunch of stickers and off we went and it was just really easy and simple and you can at at the pharmacy there's also you can get over-the-counter medication for people that need it so you can get Tylenol you can get lice stuff you can get um, pain reliever you can get creams you can get there's a whole bunch of over-the-counter medications um, to help people financially right. if you need yeah, it if you choose it yeah mm-hmm. Because you live in different places that you don't have easy access to health care necessarily, um, do you carry secondary insurance? I currently do. Mm-hmm. I Through my employer that I've had for three and a half years or so. But to be honest, I have not ever used it. Mm-hmm. I've had insurance for those years and have never gone to a doctor down here to use mm-hmm. that. I think now at Indian Health Services, don't they bill your insurance for part of this, Carrie and I were talking about this this morning. It depends because Cass Lake is considered a hospital. It's Cass Lake Indian Hospital. White Earth is a clinic. I have good insurance, but in my insurance, I had to pick a primary care physician. And Cass Lake Indian Health Services is not on there. Sanford is. So I had to pick Sanford, but I get all my care at Cass Lake. But they don't bill my insurance carrier because they're a hospital. So they don't get reimbursed for any of my care. My granddaughter is on um, medical assistance, so when she goes, they can reimburse, they can bill medical assistance and get that money back. But it depends on where it's, it's how you're defined, it's how the funding is, it's how, what it's, what the name is, and that kind of stuff. So, 
they don't cover. If you want to talk about that, if we're there yet, about what they don't. Well, I can say for, for myself too, to, to answer your question. I have, I have health insurance through a partner who is employed in California, who has a domestic partner. California has a domestic partner policy, so I am covered on his health insurance. But like Kelly, I very rarely use that insurance because it has a high deductible. So if I'm in St. Louis, and I'm not able to get into Indian Health Services for my annual mammogram. I might do a mammogram that I know will be covered under preventive care, but otherwise it's not something that I use mm -mm. very frequently because it just doesn't offer anything other than some preventive care. And the care that I get in Indian <laughs> Health Services is so excellent. So. And if Indian Health Services refers you, like I had feet issues, so I saw the foot doctor there, and they referred me to get orthotics. If Indian Health Services refers you, then my insurance won't have anything to do with it. Um, so I would have to go to a foot doctor in Bemidji and have that referral go through and pay for this and that. Um, so for me, Indian Health Services is always the way to go. Mm -hmm. So what happens if there's an emergency? Are you transported to a different space or then does your Indian Health Services pay for your acute care here? No. no. They don't no. pay for your acute care here. They only, for us, would pay for the care we get there. Right. They have ambulance service and they have a 24-hour walk-in clinic and they have an emergency room and that kind of stuff, but I suppose we could go to Little Earth. There must be a clinic or something there, right? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but, but otherwise, no, you would have to go there. And that was where our insurance, would, our other insurance would kick in. I, maybe an example is Kim's daughter had been exposed to someone with COVID, is living in Bemidji, and Kim said, why don't you go to the emergency room in Cass Lake? So mm -hmm. she drove to Cass Lake so that she could go to the emergency room there and get a COVID test right away. Mm -hmm. She yeah. took care of on the spot, and it was great and everything, but yeah. otherwise, I don't think any of us have ever utilized any kind of emergency. We've used the emergency room. Care. Okay. Yep. we use the emergency room if you get to a softball or ankle or whatever. And Kyron and I used um, the 24-hour walk-in clinic um, for this last year when we were ill. We've used the emergency room for Creesman sick a few times. Um, but no um, ambulance. Ambulance. No, no, no. Do offer anything. There is an ambulance. There is an ambulance, yep. And they just rebuilt that hospital, and they're still continuing to build uh, different things because at one point it was all like little... Um, Trailers, yeah, that kind of thing. Modular, modular stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they did a re a big rebuild a couple That's years ago. Mm -hmm. And they have Cass Lake has like eight hospital beds now. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. Lake has eye, teeth, well eye is hit or miss. Um, teeth, chiropractic, OT, PT, primary care physicians, pharmacy, behavioral health. Um, drug, drug stuff, um, mammography, mammography, yeah, x-ray, you can do, we could talk about what's missing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, care. Because okay. that's a lot. That's yeah. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what they don't have, what we would like them to have would be the ability to do colonoscopies yeah. mm -hmm. and they don't offer any kind of dermatology care. The doctors will do a basic sort of skin check, but if you have any kind of complications or Anything that looks, that is sort of beyond, you know, perfunctory look at your skin, then they'll suggest that you go somewhere else. They don't have surgery. Other hospitals may, but this is, Cass Lake doesn't have that. But what so, else? That's preventative care, right? Having a colonoscopy. Right. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think, <clears throat> are people seeking colonoscopies other places, or is there a heightened risk of people who live there for having colon cancer? I would like to add one thing about that. I, I do believe, and Kim might know a little bit more about this, if you are a tribal member, the, the um, Cass Lake will, what's it called, Kim? Preferred care and purchased care. So then they will recommend, they will give a referral to go somewhere else and then they will pay for it. Okay. But we are not, uh, we don't live on the reservation, we're not tribal members, so we're, we're sort of further down the link sure. to that, okay. so it wouldn't be covered in our cases. Okay. But for people who live on the reservation, they would definitely have more access yeah. to that. Okay. They do also have a huge diabetes clinic, clinic and 
foot care and lots of stuff because diabetes is so prevalent. So yeah, if somebody wanted to go get a colonoscopy or needed a colonoscopy and they were a tribal member, they could go to Bemidji and not be paid for. How about culture-centered care? Are you physicians and other clinicians also from an Indian background? I've never had an India, I've never had a Native American doctor. Well, I'm not sure. I, I can think, tell. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, I've never, that's, not, well, I've talked to my doctors. When you come in, the nurse, the, the receptionists are Indian. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, Obvious, yeah. yes. Our doctor, she, I think, has lineage the same way that we do. It's my assumption. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's talked about her grandmother before, so. The woman in the lab that always tells us how beautiful her mother is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, she's clearly. Yeah, but the pharmacist, mm, a l maybe some of the people that answer the phone or that sort of thing. My daughter's doctor, the pediatrician, is India Indian. My, my doctor is not. She's relatively a local person who we've had discussions about. You can also, if you're a doctor or a pharmacist or whatever, you can go through and become part of the military, the, some kind of service, civil, serv civil service, I think, and then they wear uniforms. And it comes from, we get the same medication that the veterans do. We get the same, okay. that mm -hmm. pot of money, as far as from what I've learned, is the same. So they can become part of the, I think it's called civil service. Yeah, I think you're right. And they wear a uniform mm -hmm. and they're, you know, part of, because we, Indian used to be part of the war department. Um, so it's... Indian services? Mm -hmm. like Indians. BIA like, or BIA was under the war department, yeah. Okay. So, I, and I also know that they do a lot of um, grants and things like that. So you can go to school to become a doctor and you have to serve on an Indian reservation. Mm -hmm. You go to school to be a dentist or a hygienist, but you serve on an Indian reservation to get some of those loans. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is why there's transient sometimes healthcare workers because they are serving their time and they're moving on. Because the pay at Indian Health Services is not high. We talked a little bit about COVID mm -hmm. and going to Cass Lake to get a sample. How is COVID affecting people in that area? There's access to care. Okay. You have to go. Is it okay if I speak? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Okay. And it's changed now, too. I was just there yeah. recently, uh, so it's, the protocols have changed now, but go ahead, Kim. So when it, when it hit, they actually kind of not shut down for a while, but like appointments were canceled and that kind of stuff, and it was more on an emergency walk-in service pharmacy. You would drive in, and they would do the walkie-talkie, and they would bring it down to you, mm -hmm. which truthfully I like because then I didn't have to bring the grant yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> her, her side pharmacy. Yes, her side pharmacy was. was very nice. Mm -hmm. um, and my doctor's appointments were canceled, uh, all that kind of stuff. Dental appointments, they weren't making yeah. dental appointments. That was, mm -hmm. But they do do emergency dental if you go in at 7, and you get in a line. You guys have both used that. Yeah, so they're still not doing regular hygienist appointments or regular uh, dental appointments, but they do the emergency. And you can call and do the walk-in clinic. And it's not for emergency services. It's for if you need to see your doctor, if you need to do that kind of stuff. But you go in and you have to. You get scanned. They ask you the questions. Um, they want you to do your hands. And then you go sit down and talk. And it's a one-way. You go up or down or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really quiet. It's very quiet. I was just there the other day. Yeah, it's very quiet. But, but they're open and you mm -hmm. still very... My experience is it's always easy to get an appointment there, too, to see yeah. your regular doctor. It's a little more challenging. The dental is much more challenging yeah. to get in to see a hygienist. But to see any of the doctors or nurse practitioners, it's fairly easy. And that hasn't changed throughout COVID. Behavioral health times. is, um, you can do a phone call for behavioral health, or you can do, like, I FaceTime with my provider um, for the meds that are above your everyday provider. Um, I do a phone call with the psychiatrist for those meds. Um, it's all very, they have made it very simple to continue your care. Yeah, I had an appointment, uh, like it was basically a telehealth appointment this summer. I sat outside on my deck, I talked to the doctor for 20 minutes. Oh, wonderful. Well, we determined <laughs> what I may or may not need, and then we just moved from there, so. Mm -hmm. They're doing mammograms. Mm -hmm. They're, they're mm -hmm. doing that, they're yeah. labs. They do have, in the in, in Cass Lake, they have kind of a one-way system now, so you can't go from
from the pharmacy to dental and go back again unless you have a card to scan through or that kind of stuff. So they're trying to limit people's contact with one another. And there's extra cleaning going on and there's the chairs, some of the benches are turned backwards for people mm -hmm. don't sit. Yeah. yeah, all that's six feet apart is honored. Mm -hmm. I, have to, I haven't been there since during COVID, mm -hmm. but that's kind of always been my experience. It's always, you, you never have to wait. There's always plenty of space and you're helped very quickly. It's not a, it's, it's not a cram-packed waiting in line for hours mm -hmm. kind of thing to be seen at all. And it doesn't ever feel businessy. No, no it's not a lot. No. It's, it, yeah, it doesn't feel businessy, businessy or busy. Mm -hmm. People yeah. are taken care of in a kind, humane, humane yeah, you're not very much so. Yeah. And there's a variety of people. There are little kids, there are old people, there are, I mean, spectrum of needs is mm -hmm. definitely there. Do you find that our communities understand your culture and how you get health care? And what could you tell them to help them understand your background and why this is a benefit? Uh, first of all, I don't think it's a benefit. I don't think that's mm -hmm. the right term. It's a mm -hmm. right that our ancestors, thank you. Yeah, we. this is not given to us. This is earned by our ancestors. This is part of a treaty deal mm -hmm. that we gave up stuff for. Our ancestors gave up stuff for, for us to receive. Nobody's giving it to us. It is a benefit in my life. Mm -hmm. I feel like that, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's not some freebie that Indians get. It's a discussion that I've had with friends where it's not ended well. I get angry and they don't understand well, why should you get free health care you know you're not an Indian you didn't you didn't give up your land you did that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know why shouldn't I could get free health care too you know why you and not me mm -hmm. but it's something that occurs to us because of our lineage yes because of what was given up by our ancestors mm -hmm. um, and not only do I feel like it's our right I feel like it's our responsibility to use it mm -hmm. To use it and to use it proudly and to use it for what it's for and to respect that it's there. And yeah, it is a benefit. I mean, it has saved me thousands and thousands of dollars in time. And and you're getting emotional. Yeah, I am getting emotional. It makes emotional me feel too. emotional. Yes, yeah, it, it is does. definitely. Yeah, it's probably misunderstood by certain categories of people. Yeah. I know I also have friends, though, who say, well, thank God something works right. That, yes. you know, Native Americans yes. have access. At least in our experience, of mm -hmm. course, we don't know what it's like throughout the rest of the country, but have access to really good health care. Mm -hmm. And also there are certain uh, cultural, physical impediments that have been alcoholism and diabetes yeah. come from certain things that were done by white, yes. mm -hmm. you know, colonial colonization, colonization, colonization yes. that were done to Native peoples. That is probably why they have conditions like diabetes yes. and alcoholism and that sort of thing that the community struggles so much. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of our community understands that. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I don't know if people know the history. I'm not the best person to do that. Mm -hmm. Kelly, you have the, the degree. Mm -hmm. Kim, you remark, whoever. I wish I had known the line, but it's in treaties where we so you, they, they took away our land, they took away our sustainability, they took away all these things, and they're going to take care of us for that. And in that is education and health care. It is a treaty right, even though there's never been a treaty that the United States has actually followed through on, not one mm -hmm. that has been completed properly. It's an honor for me mm -hmm. to be able to go to Indian Health Services and That's see, how, yeah. to see my people, because mm -hmm. we weren't. I go to different places. So through Indian Health Services, I also found out about um, sweat lodges. Mm -hmm. And to party my first sweat lodge, it makes me connected to my Native American community because we were not connected to my Native American community. It also, they provide, there is a cultural therapist kind of thing that you can go to. It is not something that we are given. It is earned by the blood of our ancestors and by the sacrifices that our people have made in the past. I, mean, you, I don't know if you want to cut this out or not, but you can go there and you can look around and go like, oh my God, it's so hard. It's so hard because there are people that are just beaten up and just unhealthy and 
and no pride. And that's lots of shame and no pride. And to me, I am proud as hell to be Indian and to go to Indian health services. And it should be nice. It should be some piece of shit little put together modular clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, when you walk in, there's Native American art. There's not music. There's music. Native American music. That's what's on the uh, call waiting or whatever. Yes, uh-huh. you're waiting. There's a TV program that plays on all the TVs that they have, and it's, it might be like Native American news or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And they do a funny thing called cooking with commods, which is cooking with the commodities. And it's, <laughs> and it's funny, <laughs> and people might be embarrassed by it, but there it is. It's a true, it's a reality. If some people get commodities. This is how you can use them. It also talks about Native American health care and getting this and what you can do and how you... During COVID, you shouldn't be a couch potato. You need to move. You know, it's inspiring kind of things like that. Mm-hmm. Because it can be, you drive around to Raz and it cannot be inspiring. It can be disheartening and sad and painful. I'm thinking maybe that your question was also about what sorts of physical ailments mm-hmm. that Native American people suffer with oh, because yeah, of treatment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, why are Native Americans more susceptible to diabetes or alcoholism? These are things that I'm, I'm not an authority on this, but these are things that Native uh, people haven't ever experienced before. So they didn't have uh, immunity or antibodies. So they they fell victim to you know smallpox, smallpox blankets that were given to them that annihilated so many populations of Indians. And ways in which Indian people, and correct me if I'm wrong, metabolize sugar, metabolize alcohol. Mm-hmm. So there's a um, genetic, yeah, gen- a genetic yeah. component to that that was imposed upon people that they now suffer with because, because of colonization. We, yes, because of colonization. Indians used to eat healthy. We ate from the land, blueberries, raspberries. I mean, up here, you know, you had venison, you had that kind of stuff. And when colonization happened, they brought in flour, sugar oil, you know, alcohol, (laughs) and those things don't go with our bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so fry bread's not traditional. Mm -hmm. Fry bread is a colonized food that we eat. We've claimed it as traditional, (laughs) but it's not. (laughs) Um, And it's not good for our bodies. We all have different genetics, and alcohol doesn't work well with our bodies, Mm -hmm. and and sugar doesn't work well Mm -hmm. with our bodies. So we have diabetes. We have alcoholism Mm -hmm. because of family destruction mm-hmm. because of separation because of trauma the whole historical trauma is so true and we carry it generation after generation after generation i don't know how much you, if you believe in that or not but i was in my great grandmother mm-hmm. and we are generations i felt what she felt um i feel what she felt and our children will feel what we feel mm-hmm. and a lot of that was nope you're supposed to have a house with a yard and you're supposed to buy your groceries at the grocery store and you're supposed to eat this kind of food and that is why it's it's new and it's it wasn't so far back i mean when did we get to vote when did native americans get to vote in their well in north dakota and south dakota they're still trying to take it right away Mm -hmm. because there's not no addresses Mm -hmm. on a reservation so if you don't have an address you can't vote if we have your peel box or not an address yes Uh uh-huh it's not an acceptable address for voting right wow that's way more than what you asked. <laughs> this is totally blowing my mind. <laughs> I kind of want to go back to um, you. The three of you had kind of an emotional moment mm. together, mm-hmm. kind of talking about um, your background, how you feel about how our community sees this uh, right. Um, thank you mm-hmm. for that correction, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad you said that the way you did. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to expand on that? Because it was just clearly touches your hearts mm-hmm. very deeply. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has to do with the health part, but I feel maybe differently than you guys do. Like I got ripped off. Mm-hmm. I got ripped off from my language. I got ripped off from my culture. I got. I should be. I should be able to speak Ojibwe. I should. I went to Standing Rock and in the women's circle, and they introduced themselves with their native language, where their their clan, their this, their that, their whole lineage, and their name, and I'm. I'm Kim Colburn from Bemidji, Minnesota. My mom's near Venture Mountain. That's all I had. You know, when you go to a sweat lodge and they say they introduce themselves with their Native American name and their tradition and their whole lineage and stuff, and 
and I feel like my mom got ripped off, mm-hmm. and I feel like my grandma got ripped off, mm-hmm. and people don't understand that it's still, look at her, it's right there, it's right here, it's fresh, it's not something like, well, my parents didn't do that to you, or, or we, we should be living, living different lives, we should be, hmm. we should have a community, we should I mean, have that's a community, that I think is the biggest part of it, is that you should have a community of people, and also, Feel, feel like you're a part of it, feel like you can access it. I mean, we, to some degree, sit on the outside of that, is what Kim is saying. Yes. Kim, uh-huh. Kim makes more efforts to, because she lives there, is part yes. of it, because mm-hmm. she's an educator, to include herself in that. But we sit on the outside of it in a lot of ways. In a, in a position of sort of wanting to belong, but not wanting to be presumptuous also that's a part of like the disclaimer yeah like the we start with my disclaimer of you know i'm only this much indian or i don't know how much indian i am i look like a white girl she looks like she looks more native you also don't want to infringe upon in quotes real indians Mm -hmm. by and and you guys would know more about the blood quantum and all that sort of thing you know what constitutes a real indian and that can be used against you or for you and the real thing that it was part of genocide. I mean, they started counting how much blood percentage to get rid of Indian people. Mm-hmm. The reservation so system is going the blood to... Quantum and then yeah. the Indian problem is no longer because there are no more Indians. Mm-hmm. That's why it saddened me that my grandchild will be the last mm-hmm. Indian in our lineage. Mm-hmm. That that level, not my grandchild, yes, my yeah, grandchild will be the last Indian because of blood quantum. Mm-hmm. Indians say one drop of blood makes you an Indian. The government doesn't say one drop of blood makes you an Indian. The government says you have to have this sort of thing, which is why Red Lake, last year or the year before, they opened it up further to have, because they're running out of Indians. Mm-hmm. They opened it up to have more people become members of the tribe. Um, people that should have been members of the tribe to begin with. We have to send, my daughter's going to go to school and she needs to prove to college. Yeah, to college. Needs to prove her Indian. She's Indian. For the Native American tuition grant. So we have to send our birth certificates and mom's paperwork to Turtle Mountain and then they will send us a descendant letter. Um, White Earth gives descendant cards to some of their people mm-hmm. now. And they suggest that you all, we all do that so that someday we're not discounted because there's not going to be any Indians mm-hmm. anymore. Because you don't breed. Because <laughs> yeah, for, they're breeding us out for that term, for that use. Yes, I mean you don't. And then you then there's the whole thing about having to pick which tribe you're from. So if you have a Leech Lake father and a Red Lake mother, and you could be a hundred percent Native American, but you're only fifty percent, and you have to pick a tribe because you can't have dual citizenship on or dual whatever on a tribe for some tribes. And so then you're half. And then your children are a quarter when really they're not. Yeah, it's not just the federal government that imposes these kinds of things. I mean, it's the tribes themselves that participate in that to some degree. They have to. Right, because of, through the Bureau of Indian Affairs? Yeah, and through funding and through mm-hmm. the, we may be our own separate nations, but we're not. I mean, you have to follow. You're still part of a county, you're still part of a federal government, you're still part of, so you have to follow all that. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's really enlightening and will be for a lot of people because, and, and I don't think a lot of people know your culture's history either. Mm-hmm. Um, so they make these assumptions mm-hmm. um, that you get, like, quote unquote, free care mm-hmm. or. Or a check every month. Or a check every month. A really big check oh, every yeah. month. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. and there's, there is a Sioux tribe in Minnesota. That, that is a wealthy tribe, and their members do have money. Mm-hmm. But most Native American tribes, people are not... We've never received any checks in the mail. <laughs> no, not, not. <laughs> not a neither has our mother. Yeah, there is no monthly check. There is no, you know, every month we drive up to the, to the commodity place and get our cheese and peanut butter and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not how it is at all. I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but we also have Kim sort of alluded to this earlier, but even within our own family, we have certain members who 
certain members of our family, there are six siblings in our family, and not all of us use Indian Health Services uh, uh, clinic and that sort of thing. But it is convenient, inconvenient for some people to go because mm -hmm. um, it's a distance. Yeah, well, it's inconvenient. Yeah. Very few of the experiences that you guys have. Right. Yeah. I mean, access. Kim so knows more it. about it because yep. she accesses sure. it. Yeah. You talked a little bit about being between two worlds, kind mm -hmm. of, of uh, where you belong and how people see you. On the outside, you look a certain way, mm -hmm. and on the inside, you feel a certain way. Do you feel comfortable talking about how you personally identify mm -hmm. with the Native community? I feel Indian, but I also have the benefit of the darker skin, and because uh, mm -hmm. I look Indian, mm -hmm. so I have that. And truthfully, I've used that because I fought on reservations. Sure. And yeah. I could say, but wait a second, I'm Indian too. Or a kid will say, you're racist. I'm like, wait a second, let's talk about this. And you know, I am Indian as well, and I have used these services or or this kind of thing. And I identify on my papers. I put Native American. Sometimes I. You know, you're allowed to choose more than one mm -hmm. as a Native American and white. If there was, before COVID hit, I was getting much more trying to retrieve some of that, mm -hmm. and then COVID happened. Retrieve what? Tree, try to learn more about my culture mm -hmm. actively, not from a book, but actively get in more involved with that. Um, but then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So I had gone to a few sweat lodges and you talk about you talk about it and then afterwards you have a meal um, together because that's what you do and you know before there was before one there was pipe smoking and there was and I don't know the etiquette and I don't want to step in mm -hmm. and so it's so like you said we sit back when you go when you go to a powwow I haven't been to a powwow in years but when you go I don't know what's going on mm -hmm. I mean I don't know how it all works or what it means or and all that kind of stuff so yeah you step back from it and truthfully, I would want to be in it. Mm -hmm. I want to be in it. Mm -hmm. But I have the benefit of brown skin. It's the insider-outsider. Mm -hmm. So you yes. are as an outsider, sure. and you claim a little space. Yes, I claim some space. space. You actually have some knowledge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I do feel sorry for the young, not Native American people that go to <laughs> some places that have to work, and they're disregarded because... And that, that goes back to white people coming in and thinking they're going to control you and teach you what you need to know and boarding schools and take away your Indianness and all that kind of stuff. So they don't trust education. You don't trust white people. You don't trust some vaccinations. You don't trust all that kind of stuff because of the history, because of what has happened to you and your family and the stories you've been told. And On that note, when, when I was in college, when we were all in college, I did not start my intention was not to major in Indian studies. I did because I just happened to take a couple of classes because I was interested, so I just happened to do that. And it became more and more evident. I, I felt so much in the Indian studies classes and learning about the culture, and I, it just really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was learning about my family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was difficult because I do not look Indian. So it was the, the Indian studies classes were kind of a small group of people. There was the Indian house, remember, on the edge of campus. Mm -hmm. So you had a lot of the same students in classes all the time. And I was seen as an outsider. And I got, I mean, people had a lot to say to me from time to time about not belonging in their classes. And it was not my business and well you wouldn't know anything about that and so I felt very pushed out which was really difficult because I felt like I was I felt like I was kind of being brought home in a way mm -hmm. through That's learning a good what way I was learning yeah. mm -hmm. and I was being told I didn't belong there mm -hmm. so that was quite tricky yeah. Um, yeah. and then seeing it in the in the larger community in the city of Bemidji plays out quite often. There's yeah. definitely um, push out, push away of, of Indian people and Indian culture there. And then knowing that like, at the Bemidji Hospital, not too many years before we were having children there, the Native women would go there to give birth. They were being sterilized, unknowingly and unwillingly sterilized. 
So again, to stop, stop Indian from being a thing. In, in what time frame was that happening? 70s for sure, absolutely in the 70s, mm -hmm. and mm. perhaps into the 80s. I did not know that myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's the when people are like, get over it. Yeah. Get over it. It's so long ago. It is not it is so not. long ago. And you cannot get over it when it is in your, in yes. you genetically. The whole historical trauma, the epigenetics, it's, we are there. Mm -hmm. We are and when we were growing up, I don't know if you guys heard it, but when somebody would say something and I'd be like, well, I'm Indian. Mm -hmm. You're not that, that kind, kind of Indian. Indian. Not know? talking about you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who her dad wouldn't let her drive out to our house because she might, we lived 18 miles out of town and down our road was uh, a village way far down the road. Um, but he wouldn't let her drive out to our house because she might go over, over a hill and there would be Indians there. Mm -hmm. And that was in, I graduated in 85. Yeah, mm -hmm. we had a, a our other sister, not sure if I should say this or not, but who was going through a custody battle, and her ex-husband, it was part of his, the legal record, him saying they live on the road to an Indian village, so it might not be safe for, for the, kids. the grandkids to be there. And mm -hmm. this was back in the 80s. Mid yeah, mid eighties. The mid eighties. Yeah. Yeah, mid and that was perfectly acceptable to be in court part of those legal papers. Yeah. It's just a so it level of craziness. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah. It's that's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. Well, I um, really appreciate you all sharing just such deep, deep thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think this is really, really going to touch a lot of people mm -hmm. to understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Help Me Understand. Tell our listeners anything, um, if you wish, that would help all of us understand better. Anything you can touch on that you'd like to tell them? I, would, I think for me, this just occurs to me. One thing I would like to say, and I don't know how well I'll be able to say this, but Indian people are not a... It's not the Cowboys and Indians movies that you saw. It's not the, you know, chief statue that you have. Indian people are people. Mm -hmm. Real people. Just like everybody else. They're not they're not some mythological, earthy, magical creature like a freaking unicorn or something. Right. You know, these uh, are human people with lives, with histories, with struggles, with beauty, all of it. And we tend to, to treat Indian people either disregard or myth. Mm -hmm rather than just regular human beings. And it happens even in, the, the, with, with this election, what, what was the, and others, people. Something you, else. Yes. When the election came, there were like results like black 19%, Asian 20%, white this, Hispanic this, something else. We everything else. That. Everything else. No, something else. Something oh, else. We were something, something else. else. Yeah. In our own, on our own land. <laughs> on our own land. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's it's very it's just much more useful to use that you know category of humans just like you say black or Asians Latinx Native Americans or Indians whatever the terminology is that needs to be a part of the collective humanity with its own grouping I feel mm -hmm. I think something people likely do not know about Indian people is that Indian people are funny. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. In a stoic kind of, I mean, and, and that, not to stereotype, but yeah. But it's 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 a connecting little sweet kind of giggle yeah. and good uh -huh. quiet little belly oh. laugh. Not loud, not not yeah. not loud, but very. There's there's joy. There's John Grandma Pete used to have this sweet little giggle. <sighs> Jeffy has a giggle. Yep. Yeah. Mom has the giggle. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that people, like in education, you know, 
being the kid is not going to look you in the eye and that kind of stuff. But that's not true for every Indian kid because not every Indian kid is raised in a traditional family. So just because he's Indian and he's he's looking you in the eye or not looking you in the eye, it's not because he's Indian. There could be a million different reasons. He's having a really bad day or he's having this or he's having... Is that some sort of... I'm not aware of that. Yes, it's been... Yeah. Eyes down. Eyes down. And, Mm -hmm. And they're... They are more silent, but but they're not silent necessarily because they're Indian. I mean, it could be, but they also could be silent because they're dealing with a lot of stuff, or they don't want anybody to notice them. Or so a lot of those things that are seen as traditional, and they're probably going to get smacked for this, but that doesn't apply to every Indian. A handshake. Indians tend to have a weak handshake or females you shouldn't handshake but not every Indian has a weak handshake so you can't assign your Native American so this is how you have to be your Native American so this is what your culture is your Native American because of this Mm -hmm. because like you said it's 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 all different yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I'd like to emphasize as a an English major person <laughs> and someone with a librarian. <laughs> uh, not that I know a ton about this, but there's a huge, huge offering of Native American literature for people to, to read and educate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just a huge variety of um, novels and nonfiction and all that sort of thing to really help people educate themselves and learn and mm-hmm. see all the beautiful stories and mm-hmm. all the wide range of stories people on, on the reservation people in the city or the urban indian you know and mm-hmm. also just illustrate that vast array of human experience just like any other group yes. has a vast array of human experience mm-hmm. and a plains indian is different than a non-plains indian it's not it's every indian is different too it's not raw mm-hmm. not all one category mm-hmm. All of the Navajo Nation did. Ninety-seven percent of them voted <laughs> for Biden. The right guy. <laughs> and Red Lake had a huge push and voted. And it's yes. Oh, that's so good to hear. Well, I thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.